Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo Powered with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo adventures, or solo pursuits of passion. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. I'm so excited to have my next guest, Mary-Kate Murphy. Mary-Kate is um, a wonderful person who is not only a solopreneur in her own right, she is a teacher, she has a dance school, and she has a fabulous business as a five-star doggy hotel, which my Molly has stayed in several times. Um, Mary-Kate first came to my attention from a mutual friend of ours, Neve, who I work with in Irish Country Magazine. Um, we are all huge dog lovers in the magazine and so when Neve rather sadly told us that a friend of hers had a very sick little dog at home, we were all obviously very sad to hear this. Um, Unfortunately, Mary-Kate's beloved schnauzer, Tubbs, passed away at the age of 11. And rather than uh, fill the void of, um, and the pain of his loss with another dog straight away, Mary-Kate decided to set up a dog-sitting business. And this is how Molly and I became came to know Mary-Kate. Mary-Kate has since gotten a new little dog called Bua, which she's going to tell us all about. But I've invited Mary-Kate onto the podcast to talk not only about her solopreneurism, but also about pet grief. As many solo people who are single, um, often they will have a, a pet, a cat or a dog or <laughs> a rabbit um, to, uh, to help them feel the loneliness that they might feel uh, when maybe they're child free or when they're single. Um, and that pet grief is extremely painful and um, something that isn't often talked about. So I really wanted to invite Mary-Kate onto the podcast to chat um, about Tubbs and the journey that she has been on um, in, in experiencing the grief of, of his loss. So Mary-Kate, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks so much, Ariana. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. A joy. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, as you, as you introduced there, the topic is quite sad, I suppose, for me and for many people who've lost a pet of any sort. And just like you said, you know, pet grief is often like, you know, not given the same airtime as it is with other forms of grief. But really and truly, I suppose this is from it being such a close or it being so close to my heart at the moment is that grief is a reflection of love in any kind. You know, I remember somebody saying to me when I was in the depths of it that, you know, your grief is a reflection of the love that you had for that like it could be a person, it could be a pet, uh, it can be a stage of life, it can be any form of grief. Um, and for me, losing tubs was how I experienced it the most. And just like that, tubs was absolutely adored uh, from the get-go of being a puppy right up to the very end. And yeah, it like my grief was huge and I'm sure it is for for other people. And I suppose like we'll get to it later, but with setting up chat tubs, I met familiar people who value their pets the same way that I valued mine. Mm. So I lived with Tubbs solo for much of his life. So he was my housemate, he was my companion, my my trusted companion, like my I know they don't give out advice, but I would, you know, I would 
trash out so many ideas with tubs and you know he was my backup he was my wingman yeah. everything about him he was my life yeah and, and I know that's quite common yeah I was just gonna say you know it's like it's 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 devastating you know because Molly is the exact same for me you know Molly is my housemate I live alone with Molly and she is like a substitute baby you know I ca- I'm called her mom Absolutely. I call her my baby girl and you know, yeah. I know it's like tongue in cheek and everything, but it feels like that sometimes. I mean, sometimes if I'm working from home, she might be the only person, <laughs> the only thing I speak to for days, you know, and like we'll, we'll have I'll say and I'll, you know, I'll talk to her and, and, um, you know, my mom is always laughing and slagging me off going, you know, she doesn't talk back. And I'm like, but she does. Like we understand each other, <laughs> you know, we communicate mm-hmm. and absolutely love and adore one another. And it is I just burst into tears sometimes randomly, like just thinking about her. I know. You know, it's like, I know no. that, it's, that I will, you know, that dogs are only here for a certain period of time. And so you kind of know that their love is, has a time frame. Yeah. And it's just, absolutely. Thinking about it, even thinking about it kills me, Mary. Oh, so, I know. know and I never it. did. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I was in this little bubble with tubs that he would live forever I knew his life was going to be a lot shorter uh, you know than most humans and I really was in a bubble I didn't give it a second thought about his last day to be honest um, tubs have been with me through quite difficult times in my life so I always felt that you know like whatever we had together it was the here and now and I suppose they do teach you that every day don't they dogs Mm -hmm. like you know they really don't think about anything beyond their walk um, or their next bowl of food and it it teaches you a lot um, so I suppose I got tubs as as a young pup and like he was just he was just incredibly funny schnauzers in their way like they have set ways like you know he's I suppose like all puppies he played with leaves he had shoes he did all of these kind of things um, but so how, like how, you how, went how, to bed how, every night at 10. How old were you? Sorry to interrupt, but how old were you when you yeah. had tubs? So take us back and kind of like set the scene. Yeah. Of like, you know, what, what, you know, why did you decide to get a, a puppy at the time? And where were you in your life? Like, what was going on? Hmm. I was 22. Okay. Um, wow. I actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I was 22. And I bought him as a present for a boyfriend at the time because he had met this schnauzer when he was going in and out of where he works. And this little schnauzer Bertie had stolen his heart. So he was on about getting a schnauzer for ages. And I had a shih tzu at the time. And like, I was super loyal to the shih tzu. And I'm like, we're not getting somebody else. I, I, I can't. Um, but no, I caved and we got Tubbs. And uh, so Tubbs was with the, schnauzer, or with the shih tzu for a few years. And then I lost the shih tzu. And like, you know, I cried for, for a solid week over the shih tzu. But there was something different about that because I had... I had tubs mm. to get up and walk with every morning, you know. So, um, so yeah, like he, he bounced into the house and he was totally different to the Shih Tzu. The Shih Tzu had, uh, you know, opinions of himself and he was a right little diva, whereas was uh, Tubbs was real rough already. Uh, the Shih Tzu was Toffee. Toffee. And Toffee was like king of his castle. And uh, Tubbs came along like this silly old fool. Like, you know, he was just so uh, playful and he just, rough and ready and anything goes with tubs and he was just that personality for his whole life he was so easy going and I mean even in the in the 
spells of his sickness. Like he was ridiculously placid and every bet we went to. And, you know, like like you say, when you're a dog mom, you're so proud when you go into like a, a pet groomers and they say he was so good. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> go on, Tom. You know, like, like, like you really feel like they're yours and they're out there, you know, representing you. And but he was really placid his whole life. And even Neve would tell you, like, you know, um, that's when she, like our dogs would meet quite often and she'd mind tubs and she'd just say he's such a gent. So he was he was a real gentle kind of dog, uh, easy going, but full of fun as well. And that was obviously my first schnauzer. And I was introduced then to a Facebook schnauzer group, uh, which is incredible. Uh, it's so funny. And they're there like they're nearly like mini vets. So if something stuck in one of their paws straight onto the schnauzer group, and, you know, like I had this issue with my schnauzer and, um, or like, you know, schnauzers have really funny ways about things. They sleep upside down. They do all like if you have your first schnauzer, they do things that are a little bit different to other breeds. So when you go on and you see that they're all the same, it's just hilarious. And they're a support and they're a tonic. And they kind, they kind of follow your, your journey. Like I know dogs from the schnauzer group that I've never met in real life, but I know that, you know, say one of the dogs Colin is getting a new baby brother like I know all this news all from the schnauzer group and you know there are people that are like-minded like like us with dogs you know they're obsessed with them and then they have like a secret Santa every year so you put your name in in the hat and every dog gets a present sent out to them and like that was something that even with the with, with Tubbs passed and like before Tubbs passed there was a scare and then he was okay again. And I said, oh, thank God. Now we have another Christmas and, you know, you'll get your secret now. And now it wasn't to be. But that was kind of my pinpoint of, mm. you know, uh, it was a highlight of our year. You know, like one day I came in from work and Tubbs was nowhere to be seen. And I said, where is he gone? And I could see like shredded wrapping paper throughout the house. And there he was at the top of the stairs with a new squeaky so the postman had put the secret schnauzer <laughs> gift through the letterbox and he had seen to it himself. So he was up there helping himself to his Christmas present two weeks early. Oh um, so it was it was great fun and you'd send off your own presents and all the humans get a present as well. And uh, yeah, but this year then I, I wanted to give a present, but I knew I wasn't like Tubbs wasn't around and it was very tough, but I still wanted to be part of, of it. I couldn't let go. There's just certain things you just want to hang on to as a blanket. Yeah. So I was sending off the gift anyway. But in return, they sent me a little cert of a donation to the Minister Schnauzer Rescue and a lovely ornament for my tree saying Tubbs, the brightest star in the sky. Um, they're just incredible. Like, And so people that get dogs and people that understand how important pets are, like you had a guest on the pod I know earlier, John wasn't it that uh, he trains dogs and he understands the positivity of dogs and, and pets in general and yeah people like that just get it mm. and that's kind of I suppose what I wanted to create eventually with the community of Chalk Tubs as well mm. um well tell yeah, us that, that so, kind of community so you're 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 20 you're jumping ahead so you're 22 you get it for this boyfriend Sorry. obviously the boyfriend the boyfriend doesn't last but Chalk the love for no Tubbs is <laughs> yeah I know in fairness I was very lucky. I, I got to hang on to Tubbs. So he understood that me and Tubbs had a connection. So I, I like I used to walk Tubbs. I, like I was obsessed with him. And like he did love him. I wouldn't say he didn't. But he knew that out of the two of us, Tubbs had a, a strong connection to me. 
And in fairness to him, and I, I did text him when um, Tuff passed away to say thank you for making that decision because it was um, it, like it was definitely the best fit yeah. for me to take him. And from then, um, I went on and I bought my own house. And I felt like you know Tuff was part of the whole process. Whenever I was picking something, I was saying, you know, what do you think of this Tuff? You know, with the tiles and all the different stupid things, like you know, but he was part of it, and I kind of felt that was our that was our palace, and that was our uh, that was our home. It was all yeah. our home, and I said, you know, you do nothing around here. You don't you don't wash a floor. You don't Hoover. <laughs> In fact, you're terrified of the Hoover, um, and yet you're sitting here on your throne. I say that to Molly too, you know, when she's getting annoyed with me because I'm working or whatever, I'm, I I turn to her and say, well, someone has to pay the bills around here, you know, you're not going to be doing that. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because like I was 35 when I got Molly and uh, I were well, 36 maybe even. Um, and yeah, 36. So I had bought my apartment a year before. And I think it's interesting for people, you know, particularly people who are solo, people who are single, who um, maybe you know, live by themselves. And, and at the time I was actually living with a flatmate, but I had always, always wanted a dog. I had grown up with dogs when I was a child and we had a, a, a dog called Cuddles for 17 years. And, you know, I absolutely yeah. loved and adored her and, and she died in 2009. And obviously it was absolutely devastating when she died, but she was a, a family dog, you know, so she, I had already moved out and left the home and she still lived with my parents and things like that. Um, so I, I, I have a real love for dogs, always have. And even when I'm out in walking in the parks, I lived in London for four years. Like dogs would come up to me um, all of the time. And as if they, they know, were, like, yeah, like dogs would come up to me, like, and jump into my arms as if we were some sort of like long lost soulmates. And their owners would always be like, oh, my God, that's so weird. They they never do that with anybody, you know, and I'd be feeling like, yeah, just like a super dog whisperer or whatever. I just always know. wanted to have my own dog and um I always worked full time and so you know this is something that we'll kind of talk about as well just about being you know working for yourself and being that kind of solopreneur and, and being able to do your own hours but I never wanted to leave a dog alone for for that long you know all day and mm -hmm. um, so I just kept putting it off and putting it off and um I literally quit my job in um November the first week of November in um 2018 and I got Molly a week later I mean yeah. I had actually been yeah. to Aldi and bought the bowl and the bed and the lead for her before yeah <laughs> before I'd even bought her like before I'd even chosen her I, like I remember buying that in the last week and work because there was an Aldi near where I worked and they had a dog sale and I just bought them knowing that I was going to get a dog um and like that now, you know, our, my house, our house, we, we we just live with the two of us here. But I always say as well, my car, because I used to be really into my cars. I used to have like a convertible car and I used to have like an MX. Oh, that really suit, Molly. Yeah, no, I know. And I was like, now my car is just like a real plain Honda. But like the, 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 the middle part is always filled with water. You know, her, her mucky yeah. Oh, yeah. everywhere. My mom's always complaining about the smell. And I'm like, I don't care. This is mine and Molly's car. You know, it's like. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that same kind of vibe that you were saying when you kind of bought your house that it was like your your and Tubbs's and uh and not yeah. Molly sleeps in the bed with me I know Tubbs sleeps in your bed with you or Tubbs sleeps with your like they just they're just I don't uh, I don't think I, I always say to people I don't think I've spent as much time with any other living human being as I have with Molly over the last five and a half years. That's it. Together all the Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And like. There's a huge, there's a huge companionship that you don't necessarily get from humans. And there's a huge comfort, like 
when we moved into the house, um, I suppose I went through a bit of a rocky patch uh, in terms of a difficult relationship. Um, and Tubbs, like when, when I got out of that fog and when I got when I was kind of clear of that, Tubbs was the biggest comfort because, you know, he doesn't so ask you questions. Just to be clear, that was a He's different relationship you. from the first one. Yeah. From, yeah, so just to be clear. Like, just yeah, to be yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was different. Um, but Tubbs, like... You know, he was that comfort. He was that person on the couch. He he made me feel safe. Yeah. Um. He, he made me feel all sorts of things, but especially he made me feel anchored and safe. And you know, he was there for all that turbulence. And he was the one that was sitting by my side, not asking me, "Am I okay?" Not asking me, "What are you going to do now?" Or you know, like, "What's your plan?" Nothing. There's no expectation from from him, and he's just there with unconditional love every single day. And I just thought, like when I got, like when I got out of that fog, that you know, our walks in the morning are everything to me. And giving Tubbs the happiest little life was my absolute sole purpose. And you know, I suppose when you come through a tough time, that's way more clear. Mm. It's just crystal clear. So there, there was people that said to me, you know, um, after Tubbs passed, like, you know, oh, you know, you can't take those walks for granted or you can't take those moments with your dog for granted. And I'm not saying this in any kind of um, smug way, but I never took them for granted. Like, mm-hmm. I never, ever took them for granted. I, every time I walked down by Trim Castle and I'd see his little waggy tail, I, I would, like, whisper to him, go, this is, we've won the lotto here. Mm-hmm. Like, people talk about, like, I always look for little lotto moments and days. And I say, like, you know, with Tubbs, Every every walk, I felt like this is this is it. We're living the dream, um, and we'd stop for coffee, and that'd be another little living the dream moment. And I, I like we'd go by Trim Castle, and I'd say like you know we got there, you know we got the house, we got we got all of this together, and everything I was extremely grateful for, which obviously was uh, made everything a little bit more difficult than we did pass because you know I I, I was very present with him. I was very. Mm you know, this this is great and, and, you know, I really appreciate it. And tell us about, because obviously you're able to be very, very present. I mentioned at the start that you're kind of like a solopreneur uh, yourself. So tell us about your, your dance school and then, you know, obviously yeah. Jock Tub subsequently. But tell us about, I suppose, obviously you're able to kind of like be with him a bit more with, with the hours and things like that. Of course. That the life you're yeah, absolutely. Yourself. Yeah, and it, like the dance school is in Dublin, but it's it's funny the link between Chuck Tubbs uh, and that, like you know, which is funny. I guess that, but the dance school came out of it. Like Chuck Tubbs came out of heartbreak, but the dance school came out of a pressurized situation as well. I had qualified as a teacher, and I'd been offered a two-hour contract going into the new school year, which was not going to work. And um, so I was sending CVs absolutely everywhere here, nothing back. Um, and like the added thing to that was um, I had applied for social welfare because I was, you know, I was desperate and I, I was thinking I, I had no income now, no foreseeable income. Um, and, you know, they ask you to to send forward your, your details or whatever. And because I was living with somebody at the time who was on a good wage, um, I was actually entitled to zero. Wow. So I got a lovely letter back from the social welfare to tell me that um, you're entitled to zero, um, zero pay. Oh God, what am I going to do now? And they're like, I mean, in the modern world, there's not a chance you're going to go to your partner and say, actually, do you know what? The law, the law of the land says I'm entitled to half your wages. Mm. Like, you know, uh, like the Beyonce and me was having none of that. <laughs> so I couldn't. So um, 
yeah, so I decided to, I, I just had to think. I said, what can I do? And I said, well, I can sing and dance. So with that, I started to knock on doors of primary schools and say, look, I'm going to start up a, a class in the hall down the road and please come. So I had eight kids at the start. Um, when I started that the first night, and I mean, I think about three or four of them were relatives. <laughs> it was very small. But now we have like 70 plus kids. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's it's my it's like my other baby. Like, I absolutely love them. And they all know about tubs. Like, it's very, I know their dogs. Like, we're so, I always say, like, kind of our tagline is like, we're, we're much more than a dance school. So, we do lots of things together and we go on little outings between them, the kids and the families and the parents. And, you know, we do loads of things together and then we put on our shows and they, we do our Patrick's Day Parade every year. And it's wow. a huge community spirit. But they What's all the knew tubs. And it's funny. If anyone's listening. It's, yeah, Tinseltown Stage School. Oh, very and It's cool. based in Dawkins. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so funny enough, the, the week that Tubbs was very sick, I was in summer camps with the stage school the same week. So Clean and my sister was holding the fort there um, because you could land into this vet at eight o'clock and not be out until half ten. It was very difficult. And you know yourself when you are working like for yourself, it's it's you. Like mm-hmm. so you you don't show up, there's no one there. Like it it doesn't go. But Clina has been in ultimate support there and she was there and I would have to go in and you know the show must go on and I would be going in a crying in her and bouncing into the class and I remember one one week uh was sick and it was as a Wednesday the summer camp was wheelie Wednesday so there was scooters and roller skates and uh, skateboards and wheelie Wednesday is like the day that you have to be on so we're (laughs) dancing with wheels (laughs) <laughs> so that was just such a distraction and I had to get my head in the game but when I went in that wheelie Wednesday they all had cards for tubs oh. they knew they know it's like a family they know exactly what's going on and you know it was in some ways it was a huge it was those four hours in the day that I had to I mm. had to escape mm. from what was going on so they they've been there through the whole journey even when we do auditions sometimes we just send in tapes and they come over to my mom's house to record the tapes and we have like a a mini studio going on and Tubbs in the middle of it and all they want to do is pet Tubbs, you know, so yeah. He so was he was like, <laughs> he was that, that's where Ryan Tuberty got all of his uh, toy show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toy, toy show inspiration from Tubbs there sitting in the yeah. center of like the Tinseltown kids. Um, oh yeah. So talk to us then about, so, you know, you have him for 11 years, right? She's, it was 11, yeah. Mm um and you know I, I mean how long did you hope I mean how long do schnauzers usually live for you know I I think a full pedigree dog once once you pass 10 uh, they say like their average is 10 um and you know like I had seen schnauzers live and again when, especially when they're sick you clutch at all sorts of stories and, and previous dogs and you know, oh, my dog got cancer at eight and he's now 15. And they were the stories I was focusing on. And like, no matter what um, was needed in terms of Tubbs' medical um, route, I was going down that route. Like mm. I turned into like... Well, tell us what happened. So how did he, he initially lioness. he was sick? So he went for his regular health check. Now he'd been kind of off his food a little bit, um, but he was going for his regular six-month health check with the vet. He had been on um, vet medicine for a heart murmur that he'd had two years previous. Um, now, 
every vet I went to from the time he was a puppy always felt there was something in the heart, but they did, weren't sure it was strong enough to be a heart murmur and no one ever investigated it. So when he was eight, um, he started to become dehydrated and I went to the vet and turned out, yeah, it was a heart murmur, but meds fixed it and kept it at bay, you know. So they said, look, you know, it would be like they felt, the vet felt that, you know, that would probably be the 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 reason that Tobes might pass someday would be the heart. But in, inevitably it wasn't. But that's that was his first issue. And like he had gone eight years without a single thing. Um, then, as I said, the meds kicked in for that and we were flying it again. And then there was no issue then after that. But then uh, the health check was coming up and he had been off his food. But Tobes had this awful habit. <laughs> I think I might have told you this story before where he would like all dogs sometimes go off their food and they want a different brand and then you switch that and then you go back to this. And, you know, they're funny. They're like ourselves. They get sick of the same recipes. So um, he definitely had a moment one time where he was like heel dug in, not eating the food. And he went a day and still not eating food into the second day. And he was always great at eating food. So I said, you know what, I'll just give him uh, some nice meat. And that'll encourage him back into the food. And I'll put the meat into the bowl and of his own food, mix it up and we'll have him. So he started to eat the steak and I said, yes, yes, but left everything else. So then I, the next day I tried it with the whole meat, same thing again. It went through this awful cycle of me coming home from work, coming home from anywhere and cooking him a steak uh, for his dinner. And I said, this cannot continue. Like I cannot feed this dog steak. And he was eating the steaks, no problem. And then I went away for a weekend, left tubs with my auntie. And once there was competition of two other dogs, she has two dogs. Once there was competition, he ate the dog food, no problem. Right. I said, oh, my God, he's having me on. So I went to the vet thinking, like, there must be something because Tubbs isn't a, isn't a princess. He, he, there has to be a reason why he's not eating his food. And the, the vet said, I think it might be behavioural. And you know yourself, like, no parent wants to be told, like, there's behaviour issues with your child. So I, I said, um, no, no, not having that. There's definitely something. There's a chemical imbalance here. So I went to a second vet and there was Tubbs sitting on the on the thing, not a bother on him. And the vet said, OK, I hate to say it to you, but uh, the previous vet you went to was right. It is behavioural. He's having you on. So, you know, you need to fast him until he gets back onto the thing. So I couldn't believe it. So back back I had to go with the, with the regular food. But having said that, when we did go for the health check there um, of, when was this? It was around February of last year. Um, there was something different about him not eating that time. You know, you have a gut. And I suppose every every maternal uh, instinct will tell you that, you know, you know yourself when there's something a little bit different wrong. So went out to Scary Scary's was where he was. The vet there, phenomenal over there. Oh my god! So he was there because his cardiologist was based there. And again, me being OTT, I wanted everything there. So once his cardiologist was there, it's like, well, even if he hurts his toe and it's related to his heart, I want it all there. <laughs> so that's it. Like that's an hour and twenty minute journey from my house. So um, it didn't matter. We used to do a day out in Scary Scary's. Is very dog friendly. Like there's yeah. um in that cafe. But they, they let dogs in and there's a little shop and you can go in with your dog. Like I, I have said to so many times, I was like, we could move her. Um, like, you know, you can go out for dinner and you can go out for drinks and bring your dog, which is like, it's so rare. Yeah. Sony Bat was very like that as well. I think in my yeah. whole time of, of having tubs, I've sniffed out all the sniffs. <laughs> but I've sniffed out all these doggy friendly places. And um, yeah, so Scaries was always our day out, unfortunately, on the day that on this 
particular day it didn't end the same way as I wanted it to so I left him in for the health check and they said look we're going to do his usual scans he can come back in in an hour or so I said fine so went off to Scary's Beach did my walk and I don't know what but there was a feeling in the pit of my stomach that something was different this time so I phoned the vet anyway and I said look will I pop over now because normally they phone me and they said no look we're after we're after seeing something that we, you know, we want to investigate a bit more. And um, can you leave him? And I said, uh, okay. I said, how long do you think? And they said, probably about four hours, because they wanted to get scan results back and stuff. I said, oh, okay. So then, you know, I'm ringing my mom. I'm, I'm out there on my own, and um, and I, it is only so much laps of a beach you can do mm. without going completely mental. So I was sitting outside in my car, and I rang again. This was like five minutes after the four hours I said oh, any chance that he's ready and um she said look uh, we don't have good news today and she said um we found and I said you know what stop talking I said I'm right outside I'm gonna pop in mm. um and you can tell me inside so I went into the vet and they had said that they had found um something on his lymph node that was indicating cancer and with that like you know my world Caved. Mm. I just felt like I had jumped out of a plane with no parachute. It was, it was so scary, um, and I was so upset. Um, now I, at that stage, you, you can't even think about treatment or whatever. But they weren't giving me much options for treatment. They had kind of said, you know, a few weeks, um, and keeping uncomfortable is what we want. I said weeks. Like in my head, I was thinking like, no, like this can't be it. So she said, look, take him off and, and have a think about things and you can, you can come back and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll give him painkillers for now. He had lost a bit of weight um, and they had given him food. Um, they'd given him anti-nausea and he had the food then straight after. So he obviously needed that anti-nausea for a while. So um, I drove back. I don't remember to drive back from Scary, to be honest. I rang my mom. It was probably quite dangerous to jump in the car and drive like that. But um I, it's a blur and um, we got back out and the family, like my family are great and I have great friends and we all rallied around and I, this was the moment where I said I need to have him the best care um, and again you just, you just they're your little cubs so mm -hmm. you'll do anything for them and um, this I felt like he had given me so much in my life that this was my time, he asks for nothing in return ever mm -hmm. um, and this was my everything. time to give him everything yeah yeah, it's a steak. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. You definitely get a steak that night, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's all they asked for. It's like the ham and a steak. Um, so anyway, it kicked into fight mode then, and I went to another vet. And I mean, the initial consultation there is like sixteen hundred euro. Didn't care, but it's 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 incredible. Like it's easy to say I don't care. I had a support system around me. Mm. Um. And I was in a position to be able to to do that, but it ended up um, like just over the four thousand euro mark. Mm. And ultimately, like I know my mom was like, "You can borrow my credit card or whatever was needed." And but ultimately, it is you as a solo person that mm. you are paying that bill. Mm. Um, and I, I look, I do it again to have him back, but it was a huge, huge um, burden, and it was and a, it was a huge insurance? thing to take on. Did you have insurance? So. I had insurance his whole life, um, but when he had the heart murmur and once he had passed 10, they only cover tiny things. Really? So, um, especially with the heart murmur, he was pretty much um, paddling his own canoe once right. that was diagnosed. Right. So the cover went way down. 
it's funny, you know, I, I had her have heard so many horror stories. So I, I have I got insurance for Molly and thankfully touch wood, I haven't had to use it. Um, um, But, you know, I was always, you know, because I know myself as well. I probably bank bankrupt myself if if, if anything. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just to, to pause briefly in your story, I'll give you a laugh. I had a, a knee injury and um. I injured myself in the gym and it was really painful and it was like painful for like a good few weeks and I was like loath to go to the doctor and spend 60 euros yeah. on my doctor's uh, appointment to get my knee fixed so I didn't I went instead eventually when it was in pain I went to the phar pharmacist and I bought this um kind of like deep heat like Volterol special kind of like knee rub that the pharmacist recommended and I came home and I put it all on my knee and um unbeknownst to me or I guess I didn't notice Molly licked my my leg right because she's always giving me little yeah. little kisses yeah and so she licked my leg and I was there anyway I was, was, was typing away and I looked down and I just see Molly's face and it's like blown up in like a balloon so she got an allergic reaction to the, the to the to, to, to the to the um cream um, but as right. soon as I saw her, I got such a fright that I scooped her up my arms, jumped into the car, ran straight to the vet and spent 75 quid at the vet. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't spend 60 quid on myself or my knee no. when I've been in pain for months. And, and you know, it was because of me then that she had and the doctor was like, oh, she's grand. He just gave her like an anti-inflammatory and said she'd be fine. You know, it was just a little reaction. But yeah it's the it's the funny thing isn't it like I would spend oh, sure. thousands more on her than I would on myself in a medical situation for absolutely. sure absolutely yeah oh like I, you contemplate things like you contemplate the price of a holiday or, or trips or whatever and like it's just when your back's against the wall like that mm. and it's your baby mm. you know it's like whatever okay. and um you know the the thing about that was like I suppose the care that he got in, in that particular place wasn't really the same um, and like I'd love to say it was, but it really wasn't. And we were kind of given the ring around for a, for a long time. And it's just every single, if you ask ask a question, it's more it's more money. And the bill just kept going up and up. Um, and it was, you know, like, I mean, th there was a, a sense of hope there for a while. They had said that it was um, a lymphatic disease rather than, um, they, so they did a biopsy and, they said they didn't find cancer and that it was a lymphatic disease instead and they could be treated with steroids. So again, I was over the moon. So I had gone from rock bottom to being so happy mm. and so glad that I'd spent the money and all of this. Uh, that, so then he reacted well to the steroids for the first four weeks and then literally like clockwork on week four, he um, he relapsed and lost an incredible amount of weight. Like he was down two kilos and like two kilos for a human is a loss. Like two mm -hmm. kilos for a 10 kilo dog is mm -hmm. huge. And he was skin and bone. And um, so I, you know, I was back up there again and they talked about changing the meds and um, that didn't really work. He was still not eating his food. He was, oh, he was so bad. Um, then they said he was dehydrated. They kept him overnight. Um, and like tubs, you know, very like Molly, like they're they're used to their own comforts and tubs only ever really stayed in my mom's house or my auntie's house. And that's kind of related, I suppose, later on to chop tubs. You know, he was a comfort dog, like he liked his comforts and he would fret 
in a different house. Like, you know, he he just wouldn't. You'd know by him when he comes back that he needs to resettle or whatever. So I knew by being in the vet for 48 hours on a trip that that was going to stress him out so much. So um, he went in and he had the, the drip for hydration. And that was on the six-week mark after the steroids and, and different cocktails of, of medication. And... Um, then he came out uh, after being rehydrated and I said to the vet, you know, what What do we do from here? Like, what's the next point? Like, he hasn't reacted well to the meds and um, he's become dehydrated. Now he's hydrated. Like, where do we go from here? And she says that basically it's up to Tubbs now, that if Tubbs can rehydrate himself and drink his water to the level that he needs to, um, and if his system allows it to, to process the way it's supposed to, um, then you know, we, we move forward and we try new meds and we should see success. If Tubbs, and she said this is the most likely scenario, is that judging by how he's reacted, Tubbs is, if he doesn't, you know, rehydrate himself normally, um, we, there's nothing more we can do for him and we just have to listen to Tubbs. I said, oh my God, right. So um, drove out again, out of the car park and had a serious word with Tubbs. That was water intake. I love <laughs> you better drink that water. I was like, you have to do this. You know, um, so I was trying to boost him and pep talk him or whatever. God love him. He was like a paper bag. And um, so we went home and oh no, within within a week he wasn't hydrated. Same thing happening again. Now what they wanted to do was go off and do a biopsy again because they felt at that stage maybe there was cancer there all along that they had missed in the biopsy, which was just a roller coaster of he has cancer, he hasn't cancer, he's this, he hasn't got that, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was just, I was very annoyed and it was very upsetting. And I knew that, I knew what the end was going to be. Yeah. And so I took him away and I rang my mom and Sean, uh, that's my mom's partner. He would have been, he's a huge dog person as well, uh, massively uh, like loved tubs. And we all had a chat and, um, we felt that it's time to let Tubbs go to sleep because, you know, um, that was um, that was what it kind of Tubbs was trying to tell us himself, like mm-hmm. he's given us the best that he could. Mm-hmm. And you know, I left the vet that day with the with the what's it called in his arm. Um, IV. Oh, the the yeah, yeah, the IV line was in his arm, and um, they had said, "Look, we will leave that in in case you want to come back." And they said to me, like quite cold like you know like I was I was really upset and they had said you know um do you want to pay that 40 euro now that meal for today and I was like oh my god like I paid four grand yeah of course I paid a 40 no worries and like it was just it was just a few little things that stood out and then they said um you know uh, do you know how long you'll be with tubs before you bring him back because with the line or whatever I was like look I'm not going to keep tubs for any longer than um I would need to and, and it's him he's the priority I wouldn't do that so we took him off for the night and my mom actually got in touch with this uh, vet, absolutely amazing guy, uh, Taryn York. can't think of his name right now, but I suppose you could add notes to this um, with his name. He's phenomenal. Um, an older man, but he does private vet um, calls and that includes euthanasia. So um, he needed the records from the vet I was with to be sent over and then he would administer the the euthanasia in the comfort of your home, which I felt was incredible. So um, we brought Tubbs back to my mom's and actually 
another thing which I'd recommend if anyone's losing a dog, I know this this probably sounds crazy to some people, but we had the night before um, we actually said the final goodbye to Tubbs. Everyone calls to the house to see Tubbs, like everyone that loved him. So like Neve and Connor, our friends in Trim, they came over and their dogs came over and um, uh, like my Nana and my auntie, like all of the family, we all adored him. And I just thought to myself, like, this doesn't happen so often for dogs. It's so special when a whole family um, love a dog the way we did. And, you know, everyone was petting him and everyone was telling him how great he was. And everyone wanted their own little moments with him. And that was something that I will cherish going forward. And then the following day um, was was the day that the vet was going to come and, and we'd say goodbye to Tubbs. And he was in my arms, in my mom's, and we... Um, we have him laid in my man's back garden because my man figured, and it was quite clever at the time, that if I ever sell my house, um, I would have to leave Tubbs there if we left him there. So she said, this house isn't going anywhere. You know, we'll, we'll always be in this house. So we decided to to bury him there. Um, so everyone was around and the vet made it super comforting. And he was really respectful. And, you know, he took everybody's name. And a month later, he sent a little, uh, like, not a mask card, but it was like a, a remembrance card, I suppose, mm-hmm. with everybody's name that was there and just thinking of you. And he said, like, you know, I felt the love for Tubbs when I walked into the mm-hmm. to the house. So he said, I can only imagine how Tubbs felt it. Wow. It was such a lovely thing to say and such kindness. And um, so he's out in the back garden and um, Sean made a beautiful little um, like a thing out of pebbles with Tubbs. And we have paws that light up there and honestly in those first few weeks I'm actually looking out there now and I can see the chair is positioned so in in the morning time I'd go out and I'd have a little chat with Tubbs with my coffee and um, again like I was devastated but it was a small comfort and it still is and even when I set up chat with Tubbs um, and with the arrival of Bua everyone gets brought to Tubbs so mm-hmm. you know when I when I go up dancing on a Friday night if, if your dog is lucky enough to stay on a Friday night with us um, they get to come in the car and we go up because Sean is dog mad so Sean while I dance for three hours Sean is on top tubs duty and he plays with them in the garden and he just loves them but obviously when they're in the garden they meet up so I always bring them over and say no Tubbs this is, this is Molly and he, he's really fancy Molly if you were here you know like and he gets the whole load out of it every dog so it's really cute and it's a huge comfort Oh my God, that's so sad. Like, it's just devastating. And, you know, mm. just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a celebrant. I'm, I marry people and I do. But I, yes. I really think that there's something to be said for like creating a, a kind of a pet celebrancy business or something like that to actually, you know, honor uh, pet, pet, pet funerals or even, you know, like you said, the, the, the living funerals. I mean, you know, I think living funerals for humans are something that should be more, that should happen more often for people who know that they are terminally in and to have people, as you say, everybody who loved you come and, and say your final goodbye and have that time together. And, yeah. and you know, it's so special. Um, I think, you know, funerals are, are such wasted times because the person that isn't there, they don't get to hear all the lovely things. that can't even hear the lovely things. Yeah. But, uh, but certainly, you know, I, have a, a friend in the gym here in in my CrossFit and um her dog passed away not long um just but before Christmas and uh like that she had no nose she took her to the vet she wasn't eating and the doctor the, the vet said yeah we're gonna have to put her down like now and she was like what like absolutely not you know I'm not gonna do that um but she took her home and uh 
they <clears throat> went to bed that night and they came down the next morning and the dog was like dead in front of the fireplace. She lay down in front of the fireplace. It was like, so, so sad. So she said that their whole house was devastated. But like that, they were trying to decide what to do with her because uh, her husband wanted to bury her in the back garden. She said, well, what if we what if we aren't living here? You know, what if we move? Like, I don't exactly. want to leave her. Yeah. Um. And so actually, she told me that there was a pet funeral business. Again, I'll probably add it into the notes if I can get the information from her. Mm. Who came to their home with a little like kind of wicker coffin um, that they put the dog into and they put a little rose and a little flower into it and they took her away and nice. they sort of cremated her. Um, and then they brought back the ashes and so she you know they have the ashes there now and they're they're going to scatter them in their local like woods that they used to go to all the time where the dog loved to, to go so you know it's so nice to know that there are kind of like more businesses and things like that out there that are really appreciating the the, the very yeah. real kind of questions that people have to go through when they lose some some a, a pet like that like what to do with them where to put them you know the the feelings of yeah. like, are are huge because you're not in a space to think uh, about all those things and they really matter mm. in the long term. But at the time, you're just so consumed by grief. Mm. And, you know, I know everyone says grief is a process or whatever, but I couldn't see the process. Like I couldn't see where this was going. It was just so foggy. And yeah, someone else, like for my mom to be able to think of those things, for Sean to be able to do the garden piece, mm. like that was a surprise. Like I wouldn't have thought of any of these things. And even like my mom. I have a necklace and we kept some of Tubbs fur and it's in like it's it's kind of like one of those necklaces where you put like where you put ashes but it's fur instead and we kept that and that was oh, that was incredible for the first few weeks to have him with me at all times in my eyes and you know she even kept lots of fur in case I lost the necklace and we needed to go again mm. like she was thinking so far ahead um, and yeah that's, like it would be incredible to have um a company that that do that because mm. it is like losing a family member it, mm. it's huge it affects mm. the whole family um and it really, it's really does and sad. i you know it really it really does and i think i think it is getting better i think a lot of people who who are pet people like will understand it but you know i mean yes. i think for for so many years dogs were just seen as domesticated animals really right or kind of working dogs yeah. or you know, dogs that sleep outside or you know whatever it might be and um you know, my, my other friend, she had a, a 13 year old Japanese Akita and um, she had to, I, I, I was friends with her when she got him as a puppy and and he passed away um, again just recently. And, um, you know, we spent an entire evening just voice noting each other, like bawling, crying. Like I was bawling, crying. Yeah. She was bawling, crying. We we're just yeah. back and forth. It's um, not pretty like. No, like it's terribly, terribly sad and uh, like absolutely devastating. And and you really, you really felt that. And you, I mean, how are you now? I mean, like, is this like in terms of the grief with like the different stages, I suppose, that you go through? Yeah. And, and how do you feel um, the reaction? Because I think, you know, I spoke to someone else recently who sort of, she, she's someone that I know through work and she called me about a work thing. And she suddenly said, I'm sorry, and I'm going to get really upset. And she started crying. She said, I lost my dog. And again, like that, very much like Chuck, like, like, sorry, like Tubbs and Molly, uh, for you and I, the relationship she had with this dog. And she was crying to me and she said, I know you'll understand it because you have Molly. But she said, I find it 
very difficult to talk to anyone about this like my friends don't have dogs my family don't get it and I feel really stupid and she kept apologizing to me for for crying and I was saying please don't apologize you know but she said but she found it difficult for people to understand the kind of pain that she was in um obviously hopefully you haven't had that experience in terms of your friends and and your family and things like that but what's your experience yeah I think most most people in my life knew um knew how important Tubbs was to me and I suppose they knew how upset I was going to be mm. um but yeah like I was kind of glad I wasn't in work at the time mm. in terms of the school because if I'd have been going into school I don't know I don't know how many people would have you know, people were great but what like I was kind of I was in my own support bubble and to be honest anyone who didn't get dogs or didn't didn't know me and how much I was obsessed with Tubbs I would have avoided them during that time, definitely, because I do feel that people wouldn't understand the level mm. of grief. Because I, in, in in some ways, I felt guilty because I knew people that had lost humans that mm. uh, you know mm. that meant so much to them, and I was afraid that my grief would make their grief feel less. And you know, or they they might say, well, like you know, you know, I've well, I've lost my father, or I've lost. A grandfather like you know you can't cry around me you know I kind of felt that nobody made me feel that way no. it was just myself but the um the people I had around me were great and they did understand but even at that like I just felt like I had a massive support huge support and they have been fantastic but um you feel very alone because mm. it is just it, it was always me and Tobes and that it was a special relationship that we had like people have described grief as a void, but I felt it was a vacuum. I felt it was like, you know, sucking the life out of me every day. And there was it was going around in 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 roundabouts. And, you know, as I said to you, it's it's not pretty. Like I was crying every single day, um, not sleeping. Uh I was in bed looking at pictures and videos of tubs constantly reading sad quotes online knowing exactly what I was doing I knew I was going to get more upset but I was doing it anyway is that a thing with grief that you're you're sad and you make yourself feel more sad and it's definitely not going to help but you have to do it in a way yeah I just there was was nothing going to stop me from doing that and it was just it was relentless and my eyes were stinging so bad and I always used to feel like you know god if I bump into anybody like the slightest thing it'll, it'll make me cry and it was definitely the case like I was crying at, at silly things like um and it was all stemming from from talks and, and just that vacuum of grief and we were at a family dinner and like a lot of them had said to me you know get another dog lots of people would say that and, and they don't mean to be um they don't mean to be glossing over it or anything yeah. I think they just feel that like I was so focused on talks that another dog but I was like I can't just get another dog like you don't just get another uh, father when your father dies like you know you don't do you don't like that's not how it works I need I need to just process this in whatever way and for however long it's going to take I hadn't got the heart to get another dog um but like that I was at a family dinner um and my auntie had said oh Mary Kate you look very tired and I said oh yeah yeah like you know uh, yeah sleep's been a bit off oh and why are you not sleeping and I said oh you know just looking at pictures and like that bleh, floodgates opened and then I felt terrible because it was my sister's birthday meal that we were at like I, there's no plan and this is going to just you know uh what's that like it's just going to land yeah. like a tidal wave and um that things like that kept happening 
Um, or I, you know, when I eventually was was back into school again, like you know, you'd slip off to the car and you'd be you'd be really upset and you just like you know you get yourself psyched up again and go again. And then I just, you know, I just missed all those little moments. Um, you know, the the big walk before I went into school and you know the going for coffees and just wherever. Like I was always looking up dog friendly things and oh, I told you go for a pint and we go for a pint together. And you know, like I suppose you gave me the bug of the solo travel after this, but like yeah. I always felt that like when I was doing those things, it was like little solo things with hubs. Yeah. So I missed all of that. The weekends I was like, well, I do like the no hubs. What's the point? Um, like the whole pep talk, like and and the walk before work that was gone. No tubs. So. I, I will not forget where Chalk Tubs came from. I was sitting on the couch crying again. And um, I just thought to myself, do you know what I could do? I could I could mind a dog. Mm. And that way I could have my walk, like quite selfishly, really. I was like, I could have my walks. I could go on my little doggy dates and it'll never be tubs. But it will give me that sense of, you know, companionship and just just that that thing that was missing. And those little like lot of moments after going for the walks and stuff and going down by Trim Castle. And it's just so beautiful where I live that I, I just thought, well, maybe I could do that. And then I'm not my heart won't be completely broken because, you know, I'm not committed fully mm. to the dog. And um, but I get to spoil them just like I used to do with us, because, you know, when your purpose is the dog, like when you lose them, like you don't know what your job is anymore like I was his mommy and mm. uh, like I'd lost I'd lost all sense of that I didn't know what to do so I said right okay I'll be a part-time mommy so um with that I took uh my friend's dog for a weekend Dexter Dexter's been with us um after that too and he turned 13 um and like I just treated Dexter exactly the way I would have treated Tubbs so like it was a big colour blue that it was his birthday balloons party hats we had a boiled chicken birthday cake with candles and like me and my sister and her boyfriend got love him he was roped in um to sing happy birthday and we were singing happy birthday to you and there's Dexter like where am I what is this <laughs> and we went off for puppuccinos and we went walking around Trim Castle and down by the point these are things that I did with tubs on a day-to-day basis and I didn't really realize until I started chop tubs how special it, it is yeah. but um, that was Tubbs's ordinary life so I felt after having Dexter I said no I need to do this so that was it, it was incredible the lift it gave me even the idea gave me mm. a space where I wasn't crying and um, I went on I designed a logo and I set up the Instagram page and um, before I knew it there was dogs dog inquiries coming in thick and fast and I couldn't believe the connections I made with both dogs and the owners, mm. like yourself, yeah. like coming down with Molly and you telling me all about, like, you know, your your solo business, your solo travel. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And, like, my job was on the floor and I was like, there's so much more um, to life. And, like, because I suppose I was, I was single and then I was without my dog. And I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, and you gave me that zest. You wouldn't have even known at the time. But you gave me that zest to say, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And like, you know, I always felt that you couldn't spin so many plates without something being sacrificed. But when I met you and I saw that you do celebrancy and you do (laughs) journalism and you do whatever else, like you had so many strings to your bow, a life coach. I was like, oh, my God, like that's my brain. 
outwardly. <laughs> uh, and I was like, so I can do this. So I can be a teacher. I can own a dance school and I can mind dogs yeah. and I can do them all really well. But for years, I was kind of thinking like, you know, you meet other people that would say, God, you're so busy. You're so busy. But like, I love being busy. And yeah. I, like, I meet my friends all the time. I go on my runs with my friends. I go for coffee. I'm like, if somebody's having a hard time and they want to meet me, I will make myself available. So, you know, yeah, I'm busy, but I'm busy in the best possible way. Mm. And it was meeting you and other people that had dogs that have that same drive mm. and ambition that I kind of thought, no, there's more to this. So um, with that, after meeting you, I booked the solo trip. Off yeah, to, uh, which we haven't Iceland even touched and... on. I'm probably going to have to get you back because I'm just looking at that <laughs> as well. But like, we have I know, yeah. Like, it's amazing. So, like, just to, to quickly talk about Molly going down to Chock Tubs, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I so I went away on a solo weekend to um to Sweden, and um I went to Stockholm, and I booked Molly in for her first uh, stay with you. And um now my mum is great. My mum looks after Molly and things like that. But uh, my mum is away a lot herself, and she was actually away at the time. I think she was in Cyprus with my brother. And uh, so I booked Molly in for the three or four nights that she came down to you. And she was just incredible because when I love my dog as much as I do, um, when I'm away from her, I miss her terribly and I worry about her. And uh, to see the updates uh, of Molly just having the absolute best time of her life in trim, going for these beautiful walks down by the castle, going for puppuccinos. Like I've since had to take her for puppuccinos now herself. <laughs> Uh, and haven't she she was her birthday as well and you were it was her, her a week after her birthday and you throw her up through her birthday party and like the the little video oh, yeah. being sung happy birthday with a chicken cake and her badge and you know when she left she got her, her little gift that she leave and you know she has the yeah. tea, you have a beautiful teepee with that you write their names on for them to arrive and like honestly I was like thinking oh my god I need to go away again soon just so Molly can come back and she knows I'm talking about I she know. but she's coming over she's coming over to say she's sitting she's like she's no, like, stop talking about me I'm so bad yeah 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 I'm still here I know uh but no she oh. just absolutely loved it and uh, and you know you're you've had her since then and you're having her again for absolutely. me now and, um, and yeah. the next week when I go away to Prague but like, I mean, it's just such a, a, a relief. I, I had never put her into kennels and um, I've, I've had oh, her, yeah. you know, stay with other other people. But like like that, like with you, you know, she's stayed with my mom or my sister. But um, I it's really important for me that she's really loved and cared for. And, you know, she was sleeping in bed with yeah. you. Like, she yeah, <laughs> we did a little, oh, myself and Molly did a little yoga meditation and everything yeah. in bed. <laughs> Um, we did like this yeah because I was like googling you know like soothe sounds for dogs like we just had a little like I was having a pamper night so I was doing my face mask and having my bath and I was like how can I pamper Molly like she needs to feel this so um, I was looking up dog meditation and like the lavender scents and what scents are good for dogs and what oh brings God. out like some zen in the dog like mad things really I suppose it's, well, it's no, just exactly like, it's how just, I would so, treat my own dog yeah but it's so it's so lovely and uh you know it's there's very few places that I would feel comfortable leaving Molly but now genuinely I'm like I need to go away so Molly can go down and stay in chop tubs again like because she has such a ball like it's her having a little uh, holiday yeah. and a little time as well um and then, yeah, so since then you know you've become a fan of solo powered you you actually won the uh wonderful CPL yes. uh break uh as part of this you entered in, uh, into that yeah. sending in your picture but also you've since been to 
Iceland and Bruges and Brussels yes. on the weekends, inspired by the podcast, yes. which is just incredible. Absolutely inspired, influenced all of the above. Like, especially even like the guests that you've had on as well. Like, that's the thing I was super nervous about coming on today because I'm actually a fan. <laughs> so I was listening to people on this and I'm like, I'm just an ordinary person, you know, where these people come across to me as absolute heroes of their fields. Um, you know, and the diversity of people on the pod as well. Like, you know, you've people, that girl who does the improv and then um, the solo the solo journey to parenthood with Cloda. Yeah. And then I suppose, it, like, I thought that was a great guest you had with Dara, was it Dara Flynn? Yeah. Um, came on and she was talking about how, because this was something that kind of was in my head when, when you inspired me around the solo trips and when I, just booked that solo trip to Iceland, Iceland of all places. Like, you know, it was it was a huge venture for your first solo trip. Um, and like, you know, you learn as you go with the solo trip as well. Like initially I was like fully loaded with my Kindle and, and everything that I'd need so that people wouldn't think that like I'm lonely, even though I definitely wasn't lonely. But like, I, you just have this kind of self-consciousness at the beginning. And now it's like for by the time I was going to Brussels, like I was like, I'm not bringing my Kindle to the restaurant. That's the next step. Yeah. And the next step is I'm not going to go to a restaurant, I'm going to go to a bar. Yeah. And then I discovered that by staying in a hotel, I was actually not speaking to too many people. Um, when I was in Iceland, now I met people on tours and stuff. That was another thing. Booking a food tour was a great way of talking to people. I got that for, uh, all these tips from the pod. And then um, I the next challenge was I'll stay in a hostel because that way I'll get chatting to more people and learn about, like, I was just so hungry to hear about different cultures and different walks of life because on the pod, you're listening to different walks of life yeah. and you're hearing oh my god I'd have never heard that story only for the past and it's the same as saying hostel like you speak to people from all walks of life and you'd never hear their stories if you were staying in a hotel on your own and mm. um, because you just don't it's, it's different there's common areas in hostels and that was another challenge as well like I just had to walk into the common area like hi guys <laughs> like, you know <laughs> who are you <laughs> um which was like it's all just been amazing you know um, but I suppose in Dara's episode, what she was saying, like, I was afraid of this. I was like, OK, I'm in this little um, single era. And, um, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, if if you meet someone or you end up having a family or whatever, does the solo trip stop and does all this lovely fun? Like, I'm embracing it right now and I'm not thinking ahead. But I want to stay like this forever. Like, I love to fix. And then when I heard, like, Dara saying that her husband nearly tells her go yeah you, you need this he knows her as well as she does and like she doesn't feel that mom guilt because she knows she'll go back as, as yeah. being a better mom when she has that fix and recharge and rob kenny on the podcast i've never heard him before absolutely hilarious he was probably the reason that i i kind of went for a more like leave your kindle and, and talk to more people because he was saying about all the friends he makes on solo yeah. trips whereas initially i was saying you know I was going on solo trips just for some alone time. And like you do get that because you have the freedom, you have the freedom to go to your room and, and have a nap if you want to. You're not offending anyone if you don't go to a certain restaurant. But uh, you also from the Rob Kenny episode, I got like, you know, talk to people and, and make friends because it's so much fun. Yeah. And I took that on board as well. And I made friends and incredible. Like there was a girl there from Peru and it was her first solo trip. And she was more nervous than me. She was like really scared, but she was like, they're just ordinary people from different walks of life. Like she said, she loves P.S. I love you. And she she knew I was Irish. And she said, me and my mom, we want to go to the scenes of P.S. I love you. And I was like, come to Ireland. So like, she'll definitely come to Ireland. And she, I, was, 
I'll be the tour guide there. But wow. yeah, you make all these connections. It's incredible. Wow. Like it's definitely it's different. Oh, I'm so happy. I can hear in your voice that you absolutely have the solo. You've been bitten by the solo travel bug. And oh, you know, definitely. I'm going away next week to Prague, but I'm going and I was gonna book it as a solo because I really want to. I've always wanted to go to Prague and I've never been, but also um, you know, my friend Lisa and I haven't been away together in a while. So I just I was like about to book it and then she was over in my house and said, I'm gonna go to Prague. She was like, Oh, I'll come and I was like, Okay, you know, so but yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. funny, like you do have to nearly be like, No, 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 I want to go away on my own. Like this is actually something yeah, I, know. I want to do and yeah, yeah, and yeah. have that solo experience because it is an experience not like any other. I mean it is a completely different very special different and special and empowering and fun and just you know like the the solo weekend that I had in in Stockholm last year was just so special and so incredible and like that I went to bars and I met cocktail waiters and you know I went for like a seven course tasting menu and I had all of this incredible time and I loved every minute of it. I didn't not miss the fact that I was on my own. It was it was exactly what I wanted. And I'm so happy to yeah. you have experienced that yeah. as well and that you've taken tips from the pod and that, you know, you're like, but like that with the Kindle. I mean, the first solo trip I went on, I was about like eight, 19, 20, I think. And I was living in Australia and I went up to Byron Bay for a week by myself. And I brought about seven books and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit by the pool. I'm just going to read these books. I'm just going to relax. And I mean, not one book was read. I mean, I made friends with people from the second I got on the bus to the hostel, right? So yeah. <laughs> there's no way that you're going to be able to. And everyone be like, no. what, what, what are we doing today? You know, where are we going? And, <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, so it's, yeah. it, it, it's amazing. Well, that's you brilliant. Learn as you go, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's amazing. It is really different. And you kind of, you kind of have to just then psych yourself up for going on a trip with someone else again. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to go right fine. Like, you know, you really do get so into it. Like, it's yeah. just lovely. Have you got any more solo trips planned? I've nothing booked at the moment now. Nothing. Um, yeah. I actually have a trip with the school coming up. We're going to Barcelona in over the Easter break for two nights just mm. um so that's that's something that's it's a travel trip but it's not um it's not a solo one but I look forward to my night in the sleep field now I'm going to book yeah. that for so I have a little like a window of a day before my birthday in September so I'm going to treat myself to my birthday nice. in the sleep field so and just before we going. wrap up because again I'm conscious of, of time but um this has been so interesting and I'm loving all of these chats but um tell us about Bua. Bua, yeah. So Bua is called Bua because he's our little winner. So um, we named him Bua because it means win in Irish. And I suppose after the heartache of Tubbs, he's come in and he's he's won us all over. Um, he is very funny. He is also a miniature schnauzer, but he takes his role in Chuck Tubbs very seriously. He knows all about his older brother and he's reminded to be good like his older brother. Um <laughs> As he's quite bold. Um, yeah, he's just he's just so funny. Like he's he's very clever. Um, you know, he's he's jumping up on everything, he's jumping on tables, he's he's taking our shoes, he loves crocs. Um, he's just he's so so and funny. But sister, he is very good. Your sister bought bought him for you? Is that how it Yeah, she him? did. Yeah. So again, like it got to a point where the crying just wasn't stopping. And like Chuck Tubbs was a huge tonic to me. And I got to the point where um, I said, you know, I'm going to take people in Chuck Tubbs once a month. 
and that's going to be my my time. But then I started to take dogs more and more because I really was enjoying the company of the dogs and I loved meeting all the different amazing dogs. And um, then when I didn't have a dog, so there was about a week or two where I didn't have a dog and I dipped again into the crying, the sleepless nights all over again. And I remember meeting my friend Neve for a cup of coffee and I said, Neve, this is ridiculous. I can't be dependent on these people's dogs so heavily emotionally because I said, when I don't have a dog, I'm in the depths of depression. And when I have a dog with chock tubs, I'm high on life. And she she kind of brought me back down there and said, Mary Kate, that's the worst, like it's it's not the worst side effect to grief that you could possibly have is loving more dogs. And I said, yeah, I know, I suppose I could be, I could, you could turn to anything in grief. But um, yeah, so with that, then I realized that the gaps were very painful so Kalina had had said to me a couple of times she said and funny enough ironically university on thing she phoned me in Iceland on the solo trip and she said America I'm really thinking about getting me a dog Um, I said oh my god like I'm in the middle of a, a waterfall here and then I'm landed with this thought and she said uh look would you if I send you a picture would you like to would you like to consider it and I said well sure we all know what's gonna happen when you send a picture it's gonna be love at first Woof. so I uh, saw him for the first time and then I went to visit him on my home and sure that was it like I, I knew I wanted to keep him I was nervous because Choc Tubbs is very uh, individual for every dog that comes to Choc Tubbs so it was hugely important that he's social and he is really social so he's very in tune like even for his young age he's really in tune with like older dogs and you know to back off and you know and to play with the other ones and every dog has loved him like he's just one of these you know like one of these characters that just gets on with everyone he's like he's like that little bucko and he just gets on with everyone and uh, the dogs absolutely love him and some of them are really nervous and like he's got on really well with them he just has that in him to know when to when to you know uh when to to play and when not to play and uh he's like it's it's, he's in the routine now so when the dog arrives for chop tubs and they check in it's like Bua is the ultimate chauffeur and he brings them all over or concierge even <laughs> brings them all over the house yeah and he'll like run up and down and he'll it's like he's shown them every room he, so he'll run and the dog will run after him like okay so this is the bedroom and this is the toilet and uh, you know, this is where the humans go and like he brings them out to the garden and we play and he's just he he has really fitted in so nicely and that was I suppose the first time that the crying the like ugly crying stopped was when Boo arrived. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, it's something that I know um, that, you know, I'll have to also go through and I just absolutely dread the day. And, um, you know, my family all know as well. I mean, my mum, my mum always says like she, she walks Molly for me sometimes and she won't let Molly off the lead because she's, you know, even in a yeah. closed park, because she's so terrified that something might happen and she's she always says if anything ever happened to that dog I'd have to get the first flight out of here to Peru and no one would ever see me ever again <laughs> yeah like, yeah I know what are you talking about like, not a bad idea I should have done that myself <laughs> <laughs> um but 
you know, hearing your story and, and talking about it. And I think that's what's really important. I think that we need to, and this is why I wanted to invite you on the podcast, we need to open the conversation more. We need to let people talk about the grief that they're experiencing when they lose a, a, a beloved pet. And, um, you know, I think it's important that people hear this and to feel like that they're not alone and that if they are also doing the ugly yeah. crying and looking at pictures, that there's nothing, you know, wrong wrong with them. I mean, you know, I'm on a, I'm on Cockapoo Ireland uh, Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there was, Someone, yeah. someone put up something yesterday that said is it possible to get too attached to a dog she said um you know my husband and I we don't have any kids and my dog is like my, a child to me but I I hate leaving her like is that bad is that wrong she sort of said you know and you can see all these people commenting being like no it's like I'm really attached no. to <laughs> like you know absolutely when I, Bring I, in I, the I used to go to the cinema like once a week I loved going to the cinema and I never go to the cinema on me on anymore because there's something I feel weirdly guilty about being in the, <laughs> being in the cinema for a few hours I know <laughs> yeah Shakina has booing out while we're recording this and like I don't know if it's like a post-traumatic thing after tough like I never want to be without him yeah and I'm like oh god like you know like I hate being without him even coming yeah. down this morning and when he wasn't in the kitchen I was like no not this again yeah. you know like you just yeah you just don't want to be without them and I suppose for you it was great in Paris and stuff where you could like that's the other thing in um, Brussels mm. you're if if you decline a dog into an establishment you're fine as a business I know I know it's like, amazing I mean our, we need to start a, a, a campaign Ireland needs to get much much better when it comes to I mean I was on I was on news talk talking about it and I suddenly became some sort of doggy uh, a doggy expert but yeah like I heard that yeah in, but it was brilliant yeah in Europe obviously they're so welcomed everywhere and then you know they're not even allowed mm. on the bus here which is just absolutely crazy yeah. um so yeah I mean I think yeah. Ireland has a long way to go in terms of understanding the 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 real true family love that that people have for for their dogs yeah. and um and for their cats but you know <laughs> cats yeah are, yeah okay. they need to go on the bus right or get no no exactly or come for coffee <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh my god. Okay, we're gonna have to wrap it up because uh yeah. this is gonna be an extra long episode. But like I am so so grateful for you to come on the pop. I know that it was stepping out of your comfort zone, but I know that this is your stepping out of your comfort zone era, Mary Kate, and uh yeah, definitely doing doing those things, um, like the solo travel trips and it's been so lovely to have you on and to share your story and to hear about your like entrepreneurial spirit. Can I just say as well, when she, when she said that she went and created a logo, I mean, I've never seen somebody so creative to create an entire like brand for a, a <laughs> business. Uh, it was just incredible. I mean, I was, I couldn't believe it. I was saying to Neve in the office, like, this is amazing. Like it was just a complete, like real business that you just sort of threw up overnight. Um, And I know you, you yeah. know, so um no doubt you will get uh, inquiries now from this episode as well hopefully people will be wanting <laughs> but I want to kind of oh, keep bring you, all keep the doggies best, I want to keep you as a best kept secret because I don't want I to know um, and it was funny as yeah. well actually I, I, I laugh I, I did contact Mary Kay recently to ask her to mind um Molly for me and she replied and said that I was a victim of my own podcast success because she couldn't mind her yeah. because you were away on your solo <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! You were being stabbed by your own knife. It was awful. Yeah. Oh my god! I swear. I loved it. It was the best. It was the best ever. But um, listen. Thank you so much. Um, looking forward to Molly and I. Very much looking forward to meeting um Bua uh next week and to see you. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been incredible. Thanks.
a million. And just on a, on a last note, I suppose, I, I did forget to mention that the DSPCA have the Rainbow Bridge Memorial Gardens. For anybody who is going through pet loss at the moment, it's a fabulous space to go up. I was going up there most Sundays because I was just so sad. But it is lovely. They have a, a metal rainbow bridge for you to go over and just think of your pet. And they have lovely, like, pet uh, statues. And it's just full of love. Um, so I would recommend that to anybody. And I suppose the bravery in all of this and the, the trying new things and like that, I'm in that, um, I'm in that era at the moment, is because when the parachutes when you jump out of a plane without a parachute, you're forced to kind of think of, of new ways of navigating yourself. And that's what does it. So I would say to anybody going through pet grief, that's, yeah, okay, your parachute's gone. But, like, life has a way of navigating it in the way it is supposed to do after something like that. And that there is huge support around even Instagram pages. There's a pet loss doctor um, on Instagram. And they're incredible. They actually do counselling sessions for anyone going through pet grief. Pet loss doctor, and um, yeah, they're really good. So there's there's avenues there to navigate after after losing your parachute. Brilliant! Thank you so yeah. much. I think really important, and I think you know definitely people listening to this will will benefit from that. And if anyone is going through pet grief, you know, hang in there. And as Mary Kate said, know that there are are supports and maybe you know a new little dog a new little platter like Bula has been for you um is something that you can consider down the line and the DSPCA obviously has so many lovely dogs that are looking for rehomes as well so um thank you so much we'll end on that note it's been thank you I really appreciate it and uh we'll have to get you back on again maybe next year when you can regale us with all of your more so solo travel adventures that you've been going on as well yes of course thank you so much Ariana (laughs) bye